Ladies, at Essentia Health, you're not just a patient. You're a partner in your healthcare journey. We'll get to the heart of your health questions, even the ones you're embarrassed to ask. We'll find solutions to fit your unique needs and lifestyle, because here, we're in it together. Feel confident in your care and in yourself. Schedule a women's health appointment with an Essentia Health provider today. Click the banner to learn more. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio, the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Joining me again this week from RedsMinorLeagues.com and Red Leg Nation, our friend Doug Gray. How are you, Doug? I'm doing good. How you doing? Oh, wonderful. Just wonderful. Um, this, you know, I haven't had a chance to talk to you much. We've talked a little on Twitter, but I'm still kind of in the, the afterglow, buzzing a little bit about that big Dodgers trade. And, and I keep seeing some national guys saying, why are the Reds, well, how would the Reds do this? It doesn't make sense. And to me, I'm like, it makes total sense to me. I love it in every way. I'm not complaining uh, one bit about the, what the Reds did in that big trade. And of course, the trade I'm talking about, which we talked about in our emergency podcast last week, the Reds uh, obtained uh, Yasiel Puig, um, Alex Wood, Matt Kemp, and Kyle Farmer, I think is his name. Yes. In exchange for the uh, not-so-bloated corpse of Homer Bailey and uh, a couple of uh, a pretty good minor league guys uh, who we'll let you talk about. I do want to get your position on uh, the guys they traded. Uh, Jeter Downs and Josiah Gray, but uh, are, what are your thoughts on that uh, deal, Doug? Since you and I have not really talked about it, you know, when they first announced it, I was kind of hesitant. Um, I, I didn't like the idea of trading away prospects to really just kind of move Homer Bailey's contract. Now I realized that at the same time the Reds were getting back quality players, so I wasn't I wasn't mad or bothered. I didn't think it was a bad trade. Uh, I wasn't ready to jump on board immediately and say it was a good trade either, though. I kind of wanted to sit back and let it kind of just stew for a day or so before I really put it out there how I felt about it. And the, the more that I thought about it, the more on board I got with it being a good trade because it, it's just very tough to see how it's a bad trade for the Reds. Literally everything would have to go wrong with the Dodgers players that came over to the Reds, and almost everything would have to go right for the prospects that the Reds traded away for the Reds to look back on this deal and say, you know what, this one did not work out. It did not work out for us. And uh, yeah, so... I, I like the trade. I think it's going to be very difficult for us to look back and be like, man, the Reds really blew that one. Um, now, granted, I'm a guy who I basically, no matter how the trade, quote-unquote, works out in the end, I don't really judge trades that way, basically because information changes from the point forward that you make the trade. Um, so I, today, the, Red, the Reds made a good trade. In 10 years, if Josiah Gray's lifting up his third straight Cy Young award, eh, the Reds probably still made a good trade. It just didn't work out. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at it at what the available evidence is at the time the trade is made, and what the publicly available evidence. I really see what the Reds are, are trying to do here, and uh, and I, I don't have any issue with it. Now, the flip side, of course, is Josiah Gray. You and I both, I think, we we saw him at the same Greenville Reds game earlier this year, and he was dominant in that game. Good looking young pitcher, Jeter Downs, of course, really good looking young player too. So, you know, it hurts to give up those guys, but. I don't know. If, uh, I look at it this way. The Reds have improved their team in 2019 by bringing in Tanner Roark, 
Matt Kemp, Alex Wood, Yasiel Puig. Um, they've gotten rid of Homer Bailey's contract, gotten a bit of money back from the Dodgers, and they really haven't dealt anyone that hurts me too much to lose. Does that make sense? You may feel differently since you're the minor league guru. I, I mean, I think that if one of those two guys does come back to kind of quote-unquote haunt the Reds, it's going to be Josiah Gray because Jeter Downs, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's he's a quality prospect. He's, quality he's not name. just... He's not some guy that was just some throw-in. He's a good prospect. But he plays the same positions that Eugenio Suarez does. He plays the same positions that Nick Senzel does. He plays the same positions that Jonathan India does. He's not going to have somewhere to play in all likelihood. I mean, the odds that those three guys aren't playing one of the positions that he plays for the next seven, eight years, not not very good. Um, so I, I think that Josiah Gray is the guy that, you know, Five years, six years down the road, we might look back and go, ooh, it would be nice to have him right now. But, you know, he's also a guy who last year was the first year he ever pitched in his life as a, as a pitcher. He had, I think, 30 innings in college before last year. Uh, he's still very raw on the mound. Very good, do not get me wrong. Uh, I'm a big fan of Josiah Gray. I love what he can do with his fastball. Um, the, the fact that he was as good as he was last year, despite having not pitched, that's what's kind of scary because you can see how quickly he adapted to things. Um, but again, he's a guy who he's going to be in the minor leagues for several years trying to develop things that he just he, he doesn't have in his repertoire right now because he's so new to pitching. Um, and, you know, the, the Reds have time to, quote unquote, replace him in the farm system through the draft or through trades over the next couple of years that, you know, even if he does turn out to be as good as some people think that he will, uh, the, the Reds may not miss it that much. Yeah, that one hurts more than the rest, but none of them to me, you know, my position has uh, long been, you know, I'm not going to get too upset over trading anyone that's never played above a ball. Um, even if they're really good prospects, you know, um, they're still a long way from the big leagues. And so um, I give the Reds the benefit of the doubt on that, I, I suppose, because I, I do think that they, they've made the team better uh, for 2019 and, uh, and and also allowed themselves some flexibility for 2020 and beyond, I guess, in terms of the payroll, because they're going to have a boatload of money still after next year that they can spend and uh, when these guys go off the books, um, or they're going to be able to use some of these guys as trade chips uh, midway through the season. So I think there's a lot of flexibility here. They're not finished, but uh, but I do think they're better for 2019. How much better? You know, I'm not ready to start printing the uh, championship T-shirts yet. But, but I think they're better, and that's something from my perspective. The Reds have actually improved this offseason. That's that's a new thing to me. Yeah, I mean, let, let's note what Chad said there. He's not ready to print them yet, oh, which, means, which, yes. which means it's better than it's been the last few years where there was never going to be a yet on that sentence. That's true, and I want to talk about that yet here in a moment. Uh, you and I talked a little off the air about what comes next for the Reds, but... Uh, before we do that, I want to have just sort of a, uh, I guess, a a moment to reflect on Homer Bailey. Because I said something unkind about him at the at the top of the podcast, which I really didn't mean. Uh, because, I mean, Homer Bailey's not been good for a while. No doubt about it. But it's gone from a situation where uh, he, he had a pretty doggone good Reds career. And due to a situation that was completely... Out of his control, he became the greatest villain in the history of the Queen City. And I hate it because he really did have some good times with the Reds. And I know I saw you 
ranting, I guess is part of the right word, a little bit on Twitter about this. And so I know you agree with me about it, but I do want to take just a moment to mention Homer Bailey as he's gone now, because I don't think that Cincinnati fans remember him like they should. Am I right? Yes, you are. And let me tell you how much grief I've gotten on Twitter over my quote-unquote yes. rant. People people were not happy that I thought Homer Bailey wasn't the worst pitcher that ever existed. Well, of course he's he was one in what, one in 14 last year, Doug? Uh, yeah, it was it was not good. He's terrible. He only had one win. Yeah, that that last season did not go well. But uh, yeah, as you said, not entirely his fault. One they should have stopped letting him make starts uh, maybe after seven or eight of them. It was, it was pretty clear that he just didn't have it. Um, but for, I mean, I, I guess reasons known to everyone, even though the Reds are never going to admit it, they kept putting him back out there. Right. And, but you know what? Forget last year. Forget the year before. He got hurt. You know, he got hurt. Did he want to get hurt? Was he trying to get hurt? When he got hurt, did he just lay around and not try to rehab so he could just collect that paycheck? No. He got hurt, and the Reds ended up getting screwed on that contract, which is what everybody wants. You can't. It's it's you absolutely on social media. You may not talk about Homer Bailey without mentioning his contract. That's a that's a rule for some reason. It's but, weird that they put that in the terms of service, but you know it's there. I it, saw I saw it. Yeah, you know, it's strange. It's it's but it's it's absolutely true. Try to uh, try to say something positive. Here's a, here's a. Red Leg uh, Nation radio um, activity for all of our listeners out there. Try to say something positive about Homer Bailey on social media and see how many people crucify you. Um, they, but we're forgetting back when Homer was good, he was pretty doggone good. And the Reds, you know, they, they offered him that contract. And, you know, it did not end up well for the team. But they had you could absolutely, it's not hard at all to defend giving him that contract at that time. And uh, people just don't remember those times, do they? They don't, because hindsight is twenty twenty, and they saw what Johnny Cueto did. And even though at the time everybody said Johnny Cueto would not have accepted that contract, people seem to forget that idea. Um, right. and, and I think that that's one of the other reasons that people hold a grudge against Homer Bailey, because they see that as the money that should have gone to Johnny Cueto, who was better. I don't think anybody's ever going to argue that even at the time that Homer Bailey signed his deal, Johnny Cueto was a better pitcher. Sure. And he didn't break down quite as much as Homer Bailey did after he signed the contract. At the time he signed that contract, though, Cueto, if you'll recall, was a much bigger injury risk. He'd been on the DL for each of the last two seasons, portions of it. Yeah, and he had just pitched 60 innings the previous year. Yeah. I mean, th th there were reasons to be concerned that Johnny Cueto's body was not going to hold up. And, and reasons to bet on Homer Bailey if, you, if you're wanting to sign a guy. Um, I, you know, the year before he signed the season that he signed that contract, that season right before that, uh, I wrote a piece and I've mentioned it, uh, referenced it here a couple times over the years on the podcast because, um, I kind of feel like I screwed Homer a little bit, but I wrote a piece for ESPN.com where I said that Homer Bailey is now an ace. He's finally made that transition to an ace. It was about midway through, I think the 2000. Uh, 12 season, maybe the 2016 season, yeah, it was two, or 2013 season. I mean, it was 2013, and about midway through, and I was just looking at some numbers, and I don't even remember exactly which numbers I looked at. It wasn't wins, and it wasn't uh, ERA, but um, he was in this group with guys like, um, let's see, Madison Bumgarner. Who else was in there? Uh, Roy Halladay might have been at that time, 2013. I don't know. Um, I know one of the guys that was in that group was Matt Harvey, and I was talking about how he was as good as Harvey at that time. Ah, oh, Matt Harvey. 
and uh, and of course he never really did become an ace. I was I was pushing it just a little bit, you know, to try to get a headline, I guess. But he was a pretty solid number two pitcher there for a while, and there's great value in a number two starter. Am I right? You are, and I mean I've made a similar argument. Um, you know, looking back from that 2012 to 2014 season. I mean, he was one of the 20 to 25 best pitchers in baseball. I mean, the, the numbers back that up. So if you're one of the people that defines every team has a quote-unquote number one, then Homer Bailey qualified in that time. And then, unfortunately, his arm betrayed him. And he just he, he was never the same after that. So, you know, uh, Requiem for Homer Bailey, who had some good years, and we don't, I don't want to forget about uh, uh, the enjoyment I got out of Homer Bailey and his uh, two no-hitters. No and that's what people also say. I think I saw you referencing that, which is that people just want to say, "Oh, I just had two no hitters." He was terrible, other than that, which is ludicrous. Yeah, let me let, let me let me stick on that point real quick, please. Uh, because you know, I, I, one of the things that we're going to talk about is you know, kind of what what the Reds want to do in the future. And one one guy that everybody keeps talking about the Reds going after is Dallas Keuchel. Well, Homer Bailey from 2012 to 2014 was a better pitcher than Dallas Keuchel has been the last three seasons. Yeah, and it it seems that everybody wants to say that Homer Bailey only had two no-hitters, but he was a better pitcher in that time frame than Dallas Keuchel's been over the last three years who everybody wants to hand out a five-year, $100 million contract to right now. Yeah, 2012 to 2014, Homer Bailey, if he's available in the free agent market right now, that guy, we'd be really happy for the Reds signed him. It's just in retrospect that the whole Cueto nonsense uh, happened, and um, I'm never going to forget that Game 3 start uh, that the Reds didn't win in the in the – giant series in the 2012 playoffs but just homer Bailey was just dominant just flat dominant i mean he he was a special enough guy that he we actually included him in uh in our book uh, have you heard about this book doug uh no what what book is this it's called the big 50 the oh. minute moments that made the cincinnati reds and just briefly my favorite thing about christmas this year has been all of you guys that are tweeting me uh, pictures of the book that you got as gifts uh, that really that really sort of made my holiday season i say christmas but i had one guy uh uh, tweet me about his uh, Hanukkah gift as well. So I need to say your holiday gifts, but uh, it just really meant a lot to me. Thank you guys. So Homer Bailey, Reds Hall of Famer or no? Uh, I would vote him in. Uh, don't get me wrong. I believe there are plenty of other guys that deserve to be in more than he does that aren't in right now. But eventually I would I would vote him in. I think that he probably will get in down the road, um, even though it seems like a lot of the fans think that I'm absolutely off my rocker for suggesting such a thing. But I, I think that even though for the most part he had an average career as a Red, when you toss in that he does have the two no-hitters, I, I think that that will eventually get him in. Yeah, I'm. he's on the in, – in some ways I think – I don't know that I really believe that he is uh, other than the historic uh, two no-hitters. I mean, that's a big deal. I think that's what probably will ultimately get him in. Uh, the other, you know, um, but then I think, uh, really, is he a Hall of Famer? And then I look and see that Ron Oster is in the Reds Hall of Fame, and I think, well, okay, he's probably a Hall of Famer. So, anyway, uh, that's enough on that's enough on Homer Bailey. The next question is, where do the Reds go from here? You have any thoughts about that? I mean, I I still think they need to go out and get another starting pitcher, and I I don't mean someone like Sonny Gray. Um, if if they truly want to compete, they need to go out and get somebody who's going to be better than anybody they've got right now. Um, you know, Alex Wood's pickup was is outstanding, but he's also a guy who's barely thrown more than 150 innings in a single season before. If I'm the Reds, I'm I'm trying to go and move one of our big prospects to acquire 
someone who, I mean, realistically could be in the conversation for an ace for someone. Um, I've, I've got a different definition of an ace, but a lot of people just think that a number one kind of pitcher is an ace. Uh, so I, I think that that's where they need to go. I think it's clearly where they've been at least trying to go. They've been you know, linked to Corey Kluber for what about a month now. And he, he's definitely an ace no matter what your definition is. Um, but it, it, it's probably going to come down to whether they can feel comfortable enough you know, paying the price it's going to take to get that kind of guy. Because it, it's not going to be cheap and it's not going to be easy. Well, here's what I say. Um about Sonny Gray, I don't have any problem whatsoever with the uh, Reds acquiring Sonny Gray. Uh, he's not a number one starter. He's not a number two starter. He's a you know mid rotation guy. And I don't have a problem with having another guy like that um, in the mix. You're gonna need you're gonna need a lot of starters. Um, I think Reds' recent history has uh, proven that to be the case. You're gonna need some starters. So I don't have any problem with that, depending on what it costs to get him. Obviously. Um, I think you're right. I'm, I'm encouraged that I continue to hear the Reds mentioned uh, in uh, connection with uh, guys like Corey Kluber. Uh, saw a piece today. Uh, still have the, the Reds talking to Dallas Keuchel or Dallas Kuchel, as that one guy called him. Um, yes. uh, Marcus Stroman, not heard much uh, in a while about that, but I'm encouraged that the Reds are still in on some of these guys. Um, and I think you're right. I think... <laughs> I think they need to throw everything at the wall to get one of these guys that's going to be with the team, uh, you know, for the next little bit. That can be the the anchor. Is it Keiko? I'm I'm happy with Keiko. I've been saying all year. I, I would love to have that guy. I think he I think he fits what I'm looking for. Kluber makes more sense, um, much more sense in a lot of ways. Kluber, I mean, he's by anyone's definition, I think, is an ace. Um, Trevor Bauer's been mentioned uh, with the Indians. I don't know if that's serious. I would love, I would love to have him. So, but w- on on a scale of uh, one to ten, one being no way in the world, and ten being uh, metaphysical certainty, are the Reds going to get a, pit, a another pitcher who's better than anybody that they have? I'll, I'll take a number three on that one. Yes, you're not very optimistic, uh, it, Dougie. I, I, I'm not because I feel that if they were willing to pay that price, that they would have gotten one already. And I, I one, there's not many guys. I, I really don't think there's too many guys on the market, whether it's free agency or trade, um, that are that are going to be better than Alex Wood. I think that Alex Wood's a very good pitcher, and since he's on the Reds right now, it's it's tough to find somebody that's going to be better, or at least you should be comfortable enough to be saying, yeah, he's going to be better than that guy. Um, you know, Corey Kluber, yeah, he, he's better. But I think that if they were willing to pay the price to get Corey Kluber, he'd be a Red by now. Uh, same thing for Trevor Bauer. And and they're not Reds. I, I think that the asking price from Cleveland is just too high for the Reds. Um, and, you know, I, I I think that they've got the pieces to do it, but I, I just don't think that they feel that it makes enough sense to do it right now, given what it appears that it's going to cost. I mean, the, the Indians have been out there trying to move both of those guys for the last month. And it, it doesn't really seem that they've gotten anywhere with any team. So it, the asking price is very high on those kind of guys. Um, nobody, I don't, I don't, I know that you said you like Dallas Keuchel, and I don't dislike Dallas Keuchel. Uh, I just don't think that he's going to be better than Alex Wood. Aside from, uh, you can probably count on him for a few more innings. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's arguable. Um, I think they're both probably number two guys, and I don't mind having a couple number twos, especially with uh, Luis Castillo, uh, potentially another number two as well. Um, I'm going to put the number at five. I think it's a 50-50 deal here. Uh, it's, I think the Reds are serious about improving the team, and so I think they're willing to part with some assets, whether that be cash money, 
or whether that be uh, prospect assets. And so I think there's a re- not a really good chance, but I think there's a chance that it happens. I think there's an equal chance that it doesn't happen. So I'm basically, I'm just straddling the line here. I'm not giving you an answer at all, Doug. What do you think about that? Hey, you, you can do whatever you want. You're you're the host of this year podcast. I'm just along for the ride. That's true. I appreciate you coming on, though, and uh, talking about this with me uh, this holiday week. Um, let's Let's go out into dreamland here for a moment, and let's... Imagine the question, uh, the answer to the question, uh, what do the Reds look like if they are actually able to acquire Corey Kluber? And, you know, uh, let's say the only major league assets they give up are, let's say, Matt Camp. That's a question from Bill Stennett uh, at Doc990762 on uh, Twitter. You can uh, send us questions temporarily to at Red Leg Radio if you want to ask questions for our viewer mail segment. His was, will Kemp be traded? Matt Kemp be traded? Let's say Matt Kemp's the only major league asset that gets traded and the Reds are able to acquire Corey Kluber. How does this team look to you going into 2019? If that's the only new guy they bring in other than what they've already got. I mean, the team would definitely be improved, but if you're trading Matt Kemp for Corey Kluber, that means you also traded Taylor Trammell and Nick Senzel in the same deal. There's no other way possible that the Indians would take that deal. No, I'm talking about straight uh, up Matt Kemp for Corey Kluber. You don't you don't uh-huh. think the Indians will buy that? I, look, I know you said Dreamland, but <laughs> it, that's not even enough for Dreamland for me. What about Rosella Iglesias and Matt Kemp along with someone else? Trammell and uh, you know whoever else they want. Yeah, from I, I, I still players. think that you're, you're going to improve your team there. As much as I love Rosella Iglesias, and for as good as he is, Corey Kluber is an absolute legit ace who's going to give you 200 innings of that quality. Um, I think the Reds are in the playoff hunt at that point, at least the wild card uh, discussion. They're, they're gonna, I, 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 yeah, I agree completely. I, if you put Corey Kluber on this team and all it takes away from your big league team is Rysel Iglesias and a guy who, you know, while good as a hitter, uh, probably isn't much of a an overall difference maker for the team yeah. in Matt Kemp. He's a fourth. Yeah, I, player, really. I mean, that, that puts you in that, that mid-80s win frame. And, and if you're there... A little, a little break here or there. All of a sudden, you're pushing for 90 wins. Yeah, that's I, that's that's what I said before last year. If you can get somewhere in the mid 80s, then it doesn't take a, a you know too many breaks. All of a sudden, you're looking at 90 plus. Of course, the flip side's true that you could be at 77 wins with you know injuries and things and poor performances. But you're in the conversation. And right now, as bad as it's been for the Reds, that's all I'm asking. Let's get in that conversation. I think Kluber does it as well. I think it gets you into the mid 80s in wins. Uh, where we can start uh, dreaming a little bit, and uh, although most people that listen to this podcast would say that I'm, I'm always a dreamer. So anyway, that's we're, we're giving it. You're giving it pretty low odds. I'm giving it fifty-fifty. But man, if they can pull off a deal for well, even if they sign Keuchel or, or Kuchel, as he's going to be known on the podcast, if they sign Dallas Kuchel, um even then, I think you know it's, it's clearly not as good as uh, as get, getting Kluber. I don't think anyone would argue that. But still, I think we're sort of in that conversation a little bit, um, and it's I don't know. It's pretty exciting uh, place to be that we think that they can at least be competitive this year with a lot of flexibility, money wise. That's kind of why I like why I like the the Keuchel sign. They're still gonna have a bunch of money coming off the books next year, and they're gonna have all these prospects as well. They could still trade to strengthen the team going forward. So I, I still feel like they're being a pretty good sp- spot moving forward. Does that does that make sense? 
makes perfect sense. I, I'm right there with you. The, the the fact that they can actually compete this year and aren't really setting themselves back in the future, at least right now. And even if they do sign Dallas Keuchel, I don't think that necessarily sets them back in the future. It just changes the money moving forward a little bit. Um, but yeah, it would also really improve the 2019 team too. Um, I, I think that they're in, in a very good position that I, I know that I'm excited about right now. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot, still a lot to be excited about. Uh, we, you know, it's only rumors now uh, this week. We have no real news to discuss, but uh, one rumor before we get into some of the viewer mail I wanted to ask you about is there's talk about uh, the Reds being one of the teams that have reached out or interested in Josh Harrison. Uh, coming to uh, Cincinnati's a free agent, uh, be, he'll be 31 next year. He's played all eight years of his career in Pittsburgh. Made a couple of All-Star teams, but uh, Cincinnati guy went to UC. Uh, as Tom Brennan reminds us every single time he appears against the Reds, um, any quick thoughts on Josh Harrison as a Red? I mean, unless it's a really, really cheap deal, it's a tough sell to me. I, I just don't see where he fits in with this team. Uh, not even as like a super sub type guy? Uh, unless it's super cheap, no. I mean, on the infield, uh, I mean, Alex Blandino is, you know, recovering from knee surgery. But I, I think that early in the year he's supposed to be ready. Uh, so he's got you covered at third base, shortstop, and second base. Um, in, in the outfield, I mean, the outfield is as crowded as it can possibly be right now. And the Reds don't even have somebody that I think they're confident with playing center field. So I think they're going to have to bring in another center fielder. So the crowded, or the outfield is going to get more crowded. Um, Unless he's willing to take something for like one and a half million dollars, and I mean he made ten million dollars last year, so I'd be surprised if he took that. It's just a tough sell for me with with him. I think I'd pay more than that. He was not good in ninety seven games last year, but the you know the, the three four years before that, he was at least a uh, a reasonable player. And uh, if you're if you're looking at a guy that can play both corner outfield positions, has played second base, third base, shortstop. I mean the guy's even pitched. Uh, I, as, yeah, but, as that, yeah, but that also just—I mean—that's basically Alex Blandino, isn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I saw Alex Blandino get out there and chuck knuckleballs. <laughs> maybe that's true. Actually, Blandino looked pretty good out there. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just—he's uh, a guy that I don't mind. Uh, that I wouldn't mind seeing just because of his versatility. I think you uh, you can help a team that way. I think you can't overpay a guy like that just because he's been an All Star in the past. I don't think that makes any sense. But I think that he's a guy that can help help the roster if he's utilized correctly. And so I wouldn't mind seeing it. I agree. He's, he doesn't need to, you know, they're, they aren't, don't need to overpay for it, but I think he can bring some value. I really do. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think that he's a quality enough player that he would definitely help out the team. It's just with the way that the Reds roster is set up right now, it, it just seems like you're wasting a little bit of money for something that it, it would just be something where he overlaps with other players on the roster. Well, yeah. But then again, uh, we, we don't know who's going to still be here. What you know, if Scooter gets traded. Maybe they need another guy to take some, up some at bats. I don't know. Just he, the Reds are talking to him, um, and he's a Cincinnati boy. So I just thought I would mention it. Who has uh, achieved some success in his big league career? I didn't prep you that we were going to talk about this, but I do want to just briefly mention. Uh, you know, the Hall of Fame balloting is going on for the the and and I I used to be a. a and we already talked about Homer Bailey to the Reds Hall of Fame, but this is the National Baseball Hall of Fame. I used to be the biggest Hall of Fame junkie on earth, and uh, the baseball writers have completely screwed the thing up over the last few years, and so I've just lost all, uh, you know, not all interest. I'm still, I still follow the the ballot tracker and all that, um, 
But I wanted to mention a couple of our local Cincinnati uh, guys whose ballots have been revealed this week. One was from uh, C. Trent Rosecrans, formerly of the Inquirer, now with uh, a colleague of yours with The Athletic, Doug. Um, did you see uh, Trent's Hall of Fame ballot? I did, and it was wonderful. He he did a, he did a job that I, I feel like I probably would have been right there with him. It, his picks all made sense. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that there's a chance that the 10 that he picked, and that's the most you can pick, are the 10 that I would have picked. Although I do have to give him a little bit of a hard time uh, because uh, I don't understand why Trent didn't uh, give a vote to Placido Polanco. Well, you know, I sometimes men just want to see the world burn. <laughs> I guess. You know, you could make some uh, uh, some quibbles. I think Andrew Jones uh, could be on there. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's anyone else that I necessarily would vote over the other guys that are there. Um but, uh, you know, he voted for the the uh, Axis of Eagle, Evil, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and uh, Kurt Schilling, who all should have already been in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Um, but uh, they won't for reasons. Um, but to me, the interesting one that I wanted to talk to you about was uh, he voted for Scott Rowland. Yes, Scott Rowland, Jason Linden's favorite passion project. <laughs> Jason's not wrong about that. Jason's wrong about most everything. As those of you that have listened to Jason Linden's appearances here on Red Lake Nation Radio will know, he's never correct about anything. He's right on this one. Scott Rowland, even though my favorite player was traded for him uh, back in the day, Edwin Encarnacion, um, that guy's a Hall of Famer. Or do you agree? I, I think he is. <laughs> yeah, I and I can't, I can't figure out how he's not already in. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I'm, a, I'm concerned he's going to be one of these I'm, guys that drops I mean, off the ballot. I, I yeah I mean you need five percent to remain on the ballot and I mean this is I mean he he'd be one of those guys that if he doesn't get five percent it'd be one of the worst voting jobs that I've ever I mean a couple of years ago Kenny Lofton didn't make it yeah. on off the first ballot it'd be similar I mean Kenny Lofton's a Hall of Famer in my book I agree and I mean Scott Rowland's got seventy WAR for his career the average Hall of Famer is about sixty five I think. I mean, there's a lot of guys in there that have 50 to 60 who who weren't, you know, former Negro leaguers who weren't allowed to play, so they couldn't get that extra war because they just weren't allowed to play in the major leagues. Uh, of guys that are, you know, full-time major league baseball players, there's a lot of guys in there that were never nearly as good as Scott Rowland was. Yeah. Give me a lineup of Scott Rowland's, and I'll beat your lineup of Harold Baines's every single day. Yeah, but only by about 12 runs. Yeah, well, you're right. It would be close occasionally, that. Um, so anyway, kudos to Trent for voting for Scott Rowland a few years ago uh, at, at the Hardball Times, and it's still up if you want to go uh, try to find it. I don't know why you would, but I made a case that, that there are too few third basemen in the Hall of Fame and identified, uh, this was, uh, I guess, the year that Chipper retired maybe, or uh, it might have been that long ago, and I don't know if it was or not, but Chipper, maybe Chipper had just retired, Chipper Jones, and so I, I, uh, I kicked off by talking about how you know he's obviously a Hall of Famer, but there's a bunch of other third basemen that really need uh, to be uh, considered. At that time, I advocated for, uh, and of course my mind goes blank, Texas Rangers. Just retired. I, I uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Adrian Beltray. Adrian Beltray, thank you. And at the time I made that uh, that call, I felt like I was going out on a little bit of a limb because there wasn't a lot of talk about him being a Hall of Famer at that time. It's it probably was, it probably was when uh, the year that uh, Chipper Jones retired. It's been that long ago because um, now he's considered to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and then all he did was continue to play at the exact same pace for the next eight years, and 
Wow. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and Scott Rowland was another guy that I said, this guy, I don't understand why this guy is not more, uh, you know, acclaimed. And maybe, maybe it's just part of his personality. He was a quiet guy. Um, had a couple good years here in Cincinnati, but for, uh, you know, a lot of years he was with the ugh, stupid Cardinals. And then, you know, I, I don't, don't have much for the Phillies either. So, um, but man, just a really good player for a long, long time. And, uh, and, and, and an elite defensive player. And so I don't know. I, I hope uh, I appreciate Trent trying to keep him on the ballot. I hope he makes it uh, to the five percent. I'm not sure what the current numbers are looking from the ones that have been released, but uh, he's one that needs to remain on. You want to talk about the other Cincinnati area ballot that uh, was released this week, Doug? I, I do not because I have a I have an issue with uh, using bad language, and uh, it it would definitely bring that out on me. I'm going to mention it. Uh, you don't have to say uh, anything if you don't want. But Paul Doherty from the Cincinnati Enquirer actually submitted a Hall of Fame ballot and included in this ballot that uh, you can vote up to to 10 guys. And I know of at least 12 that I would have voted for. He voted for two. Those two were Roy Halladay and Mariano Rivera. Now, those two, I think, are probably Hall of Famers. I don't have an issue with that. He voted for no one else. No one. He said that he couldn't, uh, just couldn't vote for Mike Musina because, you know, nobody was ever scared of Mike Musina coming into town. He never felt like a Hall of Famer. But we don't need to talk about this anymore, do we? No, I'm, I'm, I'm getting red over here just listening to it. <laughs> At least he didn't vote for John Garland. I, I mean, I guess there is that. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. What a disaster. My comment on Twitter was just uh, LOL. And you know what that means, Doug? Uh, laugh out loud usually, but I hope you've got a better one for me. You No, you you know what the kids are talking about back in you know 2003 or whenever LOL became a thing. Okay, so anyway, that's enough of that. Um, I used to be a Hall of Fame junkie. I'm not anymore. And uh, the election of uh, Harold Baines this year combined with continuing the denial of uh, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens I'm just, you know, I'm done. Yeah, just go, just go, just go get the Advil right now. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me that it's become a joke, and I and I hate it because I love that place. And uh, anyway, you want to answer some viewer mail questions? I'm ready. All right, let's uh, viewer mail. Usually, you know, I give you a, an email address to email. We've had some issues with that, and Doug has worked long and hard to help me get those straightened out, and I've not followed through on his suggestions. Um, so he can yell at me off, uh, off. Uh, Mike, after we finish recording, but so for now, I'm taking questions at Red Leg Radio, our Twitter account. Uh, the first one from at Tay Dunnit, T A Y D U N I T. Um, what's the over under for center field appearances by Mike Lorenzen this year? I'd set it at three. I was gonna say two, so I'll take the under on your I will. three. I'll take the under on your two. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the real answer is probably zero. Um, but I could see him getting an appearance. I'd actually be more likely in left field or right field, I would think. But uh, I could see him get some time in the outfield. But that's yeah, the I, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, we'll we'll see. It'll it'll be interesting either way. Here's a uh, question from at Joe Neidhard, N E I D H A R D. I think I pronounced that correctly. Uh, will there be a dip in votes per Hall of Fame ballot this year and in years to come now that the ballot is clearing up, or is the big hall mentality t- 
taking over. We just finished uh, ranting a little bit about the um, Baseball Hall of Fame. The big hall mentality is, oh, yeah, guys like uh, Harold Baines are good enough to get in. Let's let everybody in. Um, any comment on whether there's going to be a dip in votes per Hall of Fame ba- ballot this year? I, I don't think there will be because I think there's a lot of guys still deserving, like legitimate Hall of Famers that aren't in because of reasons. Yeah. Like I said, I counted 12 that I would have voted for if I were permitted to vote and who I think are all more deserving Hall of Famers than a guy like Harold Baines. Um, and not to pick on Harold Baines, you know, congratulations to him. Good for him. Uh, it's just a dumb Hall of Fame, but still, it just that's the type of thing that irritates me. All right, from Zachary Jones at The Unreal Deal on Twitter. Question is, favorite baseball video game? You got an answer to that one? Oh, my goodness. Um, I'll I, I be mean, perfectly honest. Not since Nintendo, the original Nintendo, have I liked baseball video games. So uh, I'm going to go with, it was called Bad News Baseball, and the players were bunny rabbits. Um, but it was awesome, and I loved it. Sweet. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Out of the Park, OOTP, which is a, like a, a, a computer simulation game, basically, which is incredibly detailed. And I haven't played it for probably five, six years. But back when I used to play it, man, that game was fun. Um, it's actually probably been closer to eight, nine years since I've played it. Um, the worst video game ever? Go look this one up. Tony Larusa baseball. Oh, I'm I'm well aware of what that is. Oh my gosh. Don't don't tell me you purchased a product endorsed by Tony Larusa. I don't think that I had money when that game came out. Yeah, well, so I don't think I did either, but uh, yeah. well, maybe for different reasons because I'm pretty sure that I was like four. <laughs> right. You you're I don't I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna say it. Slow your roll, chief. I'm, I'm not gonna say it. Slow down. I I, I pump the brakes. All right. Um, oh, we got to answer one from this guy. Uh-oh. Do you think we should? Yeah. Yeah, we should. Um, Philip Razor. Is that how you pronounce his name? Razor? Razor? Razor. Like a, like a razor blade. Razor? He wishes. Razor. Philippe? Razor. Um, it doesn't quite have the Lisa Alberto Bonilla uh, to uh Something the oomph. Nothing does. That's true. But uh, his question is: Do you guys think uh, Matt Kemp starts the season as a Cincinnati Red? I actually think no. I think yes. Hmm. We disagree again. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just, I just think it's going to be tough to move his contract. I I think that the Reds would have to eat almost all of his salary to move him, and until they do it, it's just tough for me to see this team doing such a thing. It is tough to see being able to move that contract, but then you look at it, he's been traded four times in the last two years with that contract. Somehow. Yeah. So, well, I mean, there are teams that have been paying some of that contract along the way. True, though. And it, one of them was the Dodgers taking him on who, you know, they, they treat money like I treat oxygen. It's yeah. never-ending, so. Um, I just think he's a likely guy to go um, – I think he can help certain teams. He provides some value. I'm not sure he provides that value to the Reds, if that makes sense. Oh, it um, makes perfect sense. So, But I do think there's a place where he could land that he could be a, a helpful player. I just, I, I don't like him being in the mix um, because he's sort of the biggest name uh, of any of these guys that are going to be in the mix. And I don't, th- I don't want to think that's going to influence David Bell uh, as the, the Reds' new manager in terms of who he plays. But I don't want to see Jesse Winker sitting on the bench for Matt Camp very often. 
Yeah, unless there's a really, really tough left-handed pitcher on the mound, that's not right. something I want to see. Yeah, just uh, uh, rarely it's okay. Um, all right, next question for our view. Hey, do you like this viewer mail segment, Doug? I mean, I, I'll admit it's still a little confusing that we're calling it viewer mail, but yes, I do enjoy it. Well, I, I don't know what's confusing about it. I'm, I'm literally looking at this mail right now. I am viewing uh-huh. this mail. Yeah, but I'm not, so it's confusing to me. Mm. See? It's a solid point. Yeah. Next viewer mail question comes from Wick Terrell. Wick from the uh, lovely Cincinnati Reds blog, Red Reporter. You heard of Red Reporter, Doug? I have. I even go hang out there sometimes yeah. and type words on their on their, their little comment section, which can be wonderful or, as with all comment sections, sometimes the worst. Hey, what do you think about that Red Leg Nation? You ever heard of that Red Leg Nation? No, what what is what is that? Great site. You should check it out sometime. Oh, okay. I'll I'll, I'll put it in my notes here. <laughs> Wick's question, which I love this question. Um, what would Joey Votto's on base percentage be if he spent a season batting right handed? I'm gonna take one seventy. One seventy. One seventy. I don't think he'd hit hardly at all. But Dan Straley walked. Eight or nine times this year in 43 plate appearances. Joey Votto can see the strike zone better than Dan Straley can. And if that's a possibility, I, I think I really do think that Joey Votto could just walk his way to a 170 on base percentage if he just went up there throwing the bat at you know relative strikes. I, I really do. Here's what I think. I think if on the last day of the season you say, Joey Votto, you're batting right-handed next year. You know, because we're this is a game. We're going to have fun. I think that he works all off season on batting right-handed. I think he has a better on-base percentage in 2019 than Billy Hamilton will have. You're a crazy person, Chad. Well, I don't know. One set, your 170 on-base percentage might be better than Billy Hamilton's. I'm telling you, I think he can do it. There is nothing that Joey Votto cannot do. You tell I, mean, me. I don't. I, I don't. I don't want to disagree with your statement that there's nothing Joey Votto can't do. Um, I'm just not sure that it, uh, you, you, big league pitching is really good. I'm going to say 290. Uh, oof. 290. And we're just going to disagree on this one. <laughs> How can you disagree when I'm so clearly correct about everything? Because I'm so clearly wrong about everything. Well, is it that how this works? I think that's exactly how this works. I'm glad you finally figured out the concept there. Uh, next viewer mail question from at, I don't know, S-H-I-R-E-Y-M-A-T-T. Um, Matt, from Matt. Will the Reds be over 500 if they don't make any more major moves? It's a pretty good question. It sort of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Will the Reds be over 500 if they don't make any more major moves. I, I think they're right there on that line. I, I really do. Um, but since it's December, I'm going to go with yes, because I don't have to really accept reality just yet. Exactly. Hope springs eternal, and since spring is still uh, a little bit uh, far away from us, I, I, I think you're right. I think it could fall either way. I mean, I think they're definitely better than last year. I think they were better last year than their final record indicated for lots of reasons that we've discussed uh, here and elsewhere. I think that, uh, I think they're somewhere in the neighborhood of a 500 team. So I'm going to choose to be optimistic like you, Doug, and I'm going to say yes, over 500 if they don't make any more major moves, but 
they got to make some more moves, at least one big move to get a pitcher in here. Um, let's see what we got next. Ah, here we go. Here's one that I always like to rant about, and I know my rant is ridiculous on this point, but I'm going to continue to rant. From uh, Ethan, uh, it's at E-D-E-R-G-S on Twitter. Ethan asks, assuming the roster stays the same, and that's assuming a lot, I think, but assuming that stays the same, does Nick Senzel have a chance to, at making the opening day roster, or is the plan to keep him down to get more service time? Even worse, will the Reds find another excuse to keep him down for the majority of another full season? You want this one first? You want me to take it? I'll, I'll take it first. Uh, I don't think he's going to make the opening day roster. I think that they will find a reason to keep him in AAA, but I do think he'll be up before the end of April. I think that every bit of that is correct, and it really makes me angry. Agreed. Un uh, but mean, unfortunately, those are the rules, and from the Reds' perspective, it makes every ounce of sense in the world, it, even though it makes me want to throw things through my wall. It it does. It does, except when I'm looking at this team that's lost 90-plus games for four straight years, and we're going into this 2019 season, and I think the bare minimum that the fans could ask is to have the best 25 guys on the roster for as long as you can have them on the roster together. And I know they're not going to do it, and I know it's completely logical that they're going to come up with some excuse to keep him down so they get that extra year of service time. Um, and get, I get it. Okay, I know, but I'm I'm being irrational on this one because I'm sick of it. I want the Reds to put the best 25 guys in the clubhouse from day one. And if Nixon Zell's in Louisville, then they will not have done that. Now, there is actually a caveat to that. If Nixon Zell's learning how to play center field, I think that's probably uh, not just an excuse if you want to get him some game action uh, in Louisville after spring training. Before calling, I think that's actually you can make a reasonable argument there if you're trying to work him in at center field where he's never played, basically. Um, but other than that, it's just going to be some lame excuse. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I'd, I'd add the caveat that if Scooter Jeanette gets traded, which I I don't think is going to happen, I think the Reds would like to trade him. I just don't think that there's a good matchup out there. If if second base opens up, I do think they'll just bite the bullet and bring up Nixon Zell for opening day. Ooh, now you have me intrigued, Mister Gray. All right, we're not going to talk about Scooter Jeanette getting traded because I get hate mail. Not viewer mail, hate mail when I say that. Uh, I, under, I, under, I understand that one. That, that The meaning of that one makes a lot more sense to me. <laughs> yeah, you've been there. From uh, Chris Brock, at Chris Brock 57 viewer mail question. Any thoughts to organizing Red Leg Nation road trips to other ballparks? I live in Colorado. Sometimes feel like I'm the only diehard Reds fan in the state. Would love to meet some fellow fans at Coors when the Reds are in town. That's an interesting idea. I don't know that we've really ever put a whole lot of thought into other ballparks. I did consider doing one when I was going to be in Washington a couple of years ago, and it's just, you know, it's difficult to. So, anyway, I, I, I don't know if we really have an answer to that, Doug. Uh, you may be able to. Any thoughts to organizing Red Leg Nation road trips to other ballparks? There's the question. Do you have an answer? I mean, I don't have an answer, but let me tell you this right now. I have at least six friends that live in Denver, Colorado, who are huge Reds fans. So, I promise you're not the only Reds fan in Colorado. Uh, it seems that every friend that I have that has moved out of Cincinnati has moved to Denver, Colorado. Hey, you know who else lives out there? Uh, my my favorite pizza-loving friend who writes at Red Reporter, Wick. Wick, who we mentioned earlier today, lives out there as well. So, uh, And I'd love to go to... And you know, here where I live, they just announced we've got these cheap direct flights now, uh, Legion Air, to uh, Denver. Hmm. 
Uh, I mean, about... you, you you know that I don't fly, Chad. But if you're willing to risk your life on a cheap flight, go for it. Oh, I've I'll risk I've risked my life in much dumber ways than that. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> from from Mike Flick <laughs> at Mike Flick on Twitter, loyal uh, listener to the Red Leg Nation Radio podcast. His question for viewer mail: How could you? How couldn't I? Oh, my answer is: What do you expect from me? Um, all right, final one. This is the last guy to get a question in before the uh, deadline here. Uh, and I love this because uh, it gives a chance to end on a, on a note that you and I are both excited about. From Craig, at Craig Cola. You ever had any Craig Cola? I have not, but it sounds delicious. It's much better than RC Cola, Royal Crown Cola, I'll tell you that. How dare you? <laughs> oh, you, you, you like an RC and a moon pie? I mean, at least by themselves. I haven't really tried them together, but oh. by themselves, yeah, they're they're not bad. Got to try them together, man. RC and a moon pie. Uh, at Craig Cola, Craig asks, should the Reds do choreographed touchdown celebrations after every Yasiel Puig home run? No, but only because they should do choreographed home run celebrations. There we go. I think that uh, the beginning of that choreographed uh, celebration needs to begin with a big bat flip from Yasiel Puig every time he hits one a long way. I agree. I don't even care if they're going to be fly out to the warning track. Bat flip until the sun goes down. Bat flips are mandatory in Cincinnati in 2019. All right. Any parting thoughts for our listeners here at Red Leg Nation Radio, Doug Gray? Stay safe on New Year's. It gets wild out there. It does. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about what's going on at Red Leg Nation? It's been really exciting. I don't know what's changed over the last few weeks, but really exciting stuff up at Red Leg Nation these days. Everybody needs to come check it out, don't they, at redlegnation.com. I mean, I've got it on my, my notes to go check it out and find out what, what all is going on there. So, uh, yeah, I will, I will take your advice. Uh, all jokes aside, a lot of uh, fun stuff up over there right now. Um, the, hopefully the same great content and even better than what you've come to expect over the years. Uh, he's Doug Gray, at DougDirt24 on Twitter. You can find him at RedsMinorLeagues.com, at RedLegNation.com. Uh, on Twitter, you can find RedLegNation at RedLegNation. And, of course, here at the podcast, we're at RedLegRadio on uh on the the Twitter machine. I'm at Dotson C, Chad Dotson on uh, Twitter. I don't know why you'd want to follow me, but if you do, go ahead. You can subscribe to the podcast uh, at iTunes, Stitcher, uh, everywhere you get your podcasts. We're going to be there um, even on, I think I mentioned it last week, but we're even on uh, Spotify now. So you can find uh, Red Leg Nation Radio everywhere. Follow us at uh, all those sites or give us a subscription or if you're going to iTunes, give us a rating or review. Five-star reviews only, please. And uh, if you like us, talk about us. Tell your friends. If you don't like us, as we always say, keep your mouth shut. Doug, great talking to you again, buddy. Glad to be on. All right, for Doug Gray and who this week? For Doug Gray and Philip Razor, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.